Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we talked about the Derek Chauvin verdict, our initial reactions, the importance of coming together why we must work on our mindsets now. And if you didn't watch last week, Jared and I got to record it in person together in downtown Phoenix. And then this week, Jared, what are we going to talk about? This week, we're going to talk about um, Senator Tim Scott and his recent statement um, on race relations in America today versus the past. And we're going to talk about something like, uh, we're going to talk about taxes. But we're going to talk about a bigger uh, topic that me and or that Jesse and myself uh, struggle with uh, constantly, which is how do you discuss politics, which in itself is a contentious topic, right? It's this argumentative thing, right? How do you discuss it? How do you study it um, and, and continue to build bridges, right? Uh, that I, I think is going to be the hardest question. And we're, I guess we're going to try to end it all. We're going to try to do all of that in what, 20 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let you go first. Which one do you want to tackle first, Jared? Oh yeah. We got to start off on uh, Tim Scott. Um, Wendy um, and the group asked the question about Tim Scott. And uh, if you guys don't know who he is, he's the uh, Senator from, he's a black U S Senator from South Carolina. Um, which is, yeah, freaking awesome. Anyway, um, he came out and questioned, right, um, the racist, he's a Republican, by the way, came out and, and, and uh, questioned the focus on racial relations or the belief that racial relations in America today are bad, Um you know, that, that, that President Biden made. Um, and he, I'll give a quote from this. Um, this quote I like. He says, this is Senator, <clears throat> this is Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination. And it's wrong to try to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates in the present. And um, he makes some, some good points there. Um, my only issue with what it is that he's saying is that, you know, parts of our painful past are still with us and ignoring them doesn't help. That makes any kind of sense. Um, and I think I think that is the I think that's the issue. Um, I mean, I, I think if if you never, it's just like interpersonal stuff between people. If you sometimes you got to dig up the past. You've ever had a relationship with somebody and you wanted to keep that relationship going and you wronged them or they wronged you in the past, 
then guess what? Sometimes you have to dig that shit up and you gotta, and you have to address it. Um, other than that, I see what he means in terms of, uh, especially people on the left, I'm kind of using it like a, for lack of a better word, like a trump card, <laughs> right? It's the card, the card they pull out of their pocket when the, when the argument is, is being lost and be like, ah, you don't have any answers to this problem that needs solving though, do you? And you're ignoring it, right? And, um, and uh, yeah, to me, that's a, to me, that's a hard, and uh, uh, it's a hard, complex topic where there's no easy answer. I don't know. What do you What do you think? Um, what do you think, Jesse? Do, you, do What do you think about how race is being used in politics today? In terms of oh. Jared, first, I want to acknowledge you. You're a very brave man using Trump and left in the same sentence in a in a synergistic way. God bless you for your courage. <laughs> You know, I think, so I think there's, I agree. Like, I think we need, the past is really powerful if we can learn from it. My challenge is, is when we use, when we're making really broad blanket generalizations and we're also using racism as a fuel, we're, we're, there's, there's, we're using racism as a, it seems like a, there's a lot of specul speculative racism, I think implied racism that the media uses. We were talking about a little bit about that a couple of weeks ago, about what would be the difference if instead of reporting black and white, the media reported human and human. Because as soon as they do black and white, especially when it involves police, there's this implied racism with it too. And so people are reacting not to the crime, but to the racist act. And I think that's a, that's a really, really dangerous thing because that's not creating growth environment. That's creating a, I'm going to react to the reaction environment. And I think people are reacting so viscerally to racism because I think the majority of people are so mortified to believe that it exists in the way that it seems it's implied that it exists. I do believe that most people, uh, most people are, good humans who are not racist, they have biases, they have prejudices, they have preferences, absolutely. As you know, I think bias, a good bias, Jared, is a healthy thing. We should all have bias. I, whether it's the food we eat, the people we hang out with. I, I was watching Ip, Ip Man number four last night. And if you haven't seen it, it's awesome. The Chinese martial arts films with uh, Donnie, it's a Donnie Wen, and it's about basically yeah. Ip Man is the guy who taught Bruce Lee. And he was flying on a plane to San Francisco and people were smoking on the plane. And I was thinking to myself, God, I would hate to have flown and had to fly on planes at a time when there's smoking there. You know, I have a bias to being away from smoke because I value my lungs and the, the sanctity of what I put into my body. So I think biases can be healthy. Is there, are there people who are blatantly racist out there? Absolutely. Are they in the majority? I, I don't think so at all. I think they are more often than not a minority who has had a, surf, a certain life path uh, laid out in front of them. And I would also argue, or I wouldn't even argue, I would suggest that many of those people who are likely racist were taught racism at a young age. 
And they learn to be racist, not because they were mean, malicious, evil people, but they learned to be it because they're probably trying to get accepted and belong to some sort of community with it. Now, does that make the behavior good or bad, right or wrong? Uh, that's not what this is about. It's just acknowledging the journey. When it comes into politics, you know, it's a really delicate thing. And I appreciate what, what as I understand what Tim Scott's saying, it's going to be hard for us to grow forward if we keep using the emotion that we are associating to the past. Because I think when we say it now, there's been such a good job of associating race with, uh, you know, Derek Chauvin kneeling on George Floyd's neck, race with slavery, race with, uh, you know, any other host of Ku Klux Klan, et cetera, et cetera, the most horrible, awful things. And again, it, it comes back to this core piece that I don't think most people in this country, black, white, brown, green, whatever skin color they are, are going to kneel on somebody's neck, are going to think that any part of it, you know, enslaving someone else is okay. But when we use that terminology, we're evoking that emotion. And we can all appreciate this in our own relationships, right? We, we all have that button that our significant other, when they push it, rational thought goes out the door, emotion takes over, and we're not getting any sort of resolution. And I think that's what politics is masterfully doing right now. I think media is masterfully doing that is they are putting emotional buttons out there, literally emotional landmines out there. And the, the road is so rampant with them. It's hard for us to even navigate to have a conversation because if we step on one of those landmines, we push one of the other people's buttons. It's no longer Jesse and Jared talking. It's left versus right, good versus bad, right versus wrong. And that's why I said, Jared, at the beginning, you're such a brave man for using Trump as a synergistic piece with the with the left, because those are those are some landmines that you just tiptoed around there. It's super difficult. OK, so um, here's uh, I'm going to go back. I'm don't keep I'm be the black man and play the black with a car. <laughs> right. <laughs> so as uh, you guys know who Chris Rock is, Chris Rock's a, a comedian in America. He's got a famous joke, right? And he goes, uh, he said, you know, the relationship between black people in America is like, you know, America's like your uncle that molested you when you were a child, but paid your way through college. That's what, that's what he said. So that's, you know, I, I, I that, you know, that's obviously a joke, right? But like the relationship is like, you know, us, us, us having a cheating spouse, right? You have a cheating spouse and you decide to stay with your spouse. But every time y'all get into an argument, you pull up, you bring up the time they cheated, right? And, and you go back, mm. to, right? And, and it's like, yeah, yeah. But but this problem's still here. This problem's still here. This problem's still here. And I mean, now we're talking about tons of people. But you couldn't talk to a Black person today, you know, or I couldn't speak to my grandmother. And she wouldn't, she has to say, it's better now a million times than it was when she was young right uh, and again it's like how do you have a, a political discussion right where the object is to win or to lose is to win right right to win and prove your point and then you have these emotional bombs triggers landmines bullets whatever you want to call them and, and and you can pull it out and, and shoot the gun, you know, at, at any given time. And and I think, you know, um, 
we've gotten so stuck on this that when you know you Jesse, you want to talk about taxes, right? And and, and, um, and then raising the capital gains tax, we get that conversation doesn't happen because people are focusing and back to Tim Scott on something that was a major problem in the past that is more of a minor problem now that makes any kind of sense and 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 it's and it's hard to call something and it's hard for me to say that to you know um it's not hard fuck it it's easy for me to say it but i have a place in my heart saying that knowing that this what has now become more of a minor problem is still an in-your-face problem for some people. Yeah. Does that make any kind of sense? But but it's not an in-your-face in problem for the majority of people, black or white, right? And, and and the taxes thing is a majority people issue, right? And, and so um, at some point, I think we do have to get back to Matter of fact, I think it would be nice. It would be nice, like we said last week, to give away from race and talk about issues straight up and down. But I don't know. I, I don't know how we do that when you can when you're always, you know, arguing with somebody and talking about a political discussion, and they have these, like I said, those they have that gun and it's loaded. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's tragic, Jared, because most of the discussions I feel like we never even get to probably, and I don't know, I would love to hear from the group what they think of this. I think it's challenging now to even discuss policies because we're just, we're operating on such emotion mm-hmm. and there's been such a good job. The politicians, the media, the powers that be, whoever that is, has Duchess has done a masterful job of creating a narrative where you have good and bad, right and wrong, and making it making these things uh, moral issues. And when we're when we're at the foundation of our own morality, that's usually the thing that we'll dig our heels in on the most. And whether it's taxes or it's 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 whatever it is, it's gotten to be such I think an emotionally charged thing that it makes it really really difficult for people to slow down because we're just waiting for that left, right, Republican, Democrat, racist, not racist, whatever the term is to come out with it and then personalize it and make it be, make it seem like you're insensitive or disconnected or something like that. If, if you oppose a tax gain, you're selfish, you're, you're, gosh, what are some of the other terms that comes with it? Selfish, greedy, you're disconnected, you're removed from reality. You don't know what's going on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, it's just, it's craziness. Whereas when I, when I look at it like this, I think, well, I always understood the whole American dream was hard work, dedication, perseverance. You could rise up and, and do whatever, but you had to make choices. And I keep wondering with this tax stuff, how is, what what government what how does the government help on my day-to-day life i drive on a road but aside from that like what government services am i really using i feel like i use more as more time use less services as more time goes on yet somehow the government 
keeps should keep getting more of my money, more of your money, more of everybody's money. Like I just I just don't understand that logic of it. And I just don't understand how with the with these taxes, especially with the proposed capital gains tax thing, I don't understand how the math works. So I think they're proposing like a, it raising it to 45, so almost 50%. Uh, when I look at a business owner, I have yet to know a business owner who they go into their business and the government says, oh, hey, Jared, yeah, you, you want to take that risk and go into the business? I will, I will match you 50%, meaning I will work 50% of the hours. I will give up 50% of the family time. I will give up 50% of you know, the opportunities. I will seek 50% less, all that stuff that you as a business owner are going to do. And put in 50% more of the effort. And then when you, you're done and you want to sell that business because you did all those things, you've worked hard, sacrificed, persevered to realize the American dream, then we'll split it as partners. But instead, it seems like, no, no, Jared, you as the business owner, you do all of it. You know, you, you're going to work the longer hours. You're going to give up time with your family. You're going to make the financial risk, everything else like that. And then uh, we'll, we'll, and we'll pay for a road to help you drive from point A to point B. And then when you, you're, you're ready to sell it, uh, 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 we're going to take half. Sound like a good deal? Like it, it's, it, That's just crazy to me. Uh, like, so I feel taxes are a necessary evil. Um, and, and your federal taxes do pay for a lot of things that... For one, I don't care if anybody has a problem with it or not. You know, military spending is super important. So, <laughs> so it pays for that. And that's a big chunk of it. Um, you know, government programs, government assistance to states, FEMA, um, you know, the FBI. <laughs> all, 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 of, all of these things are... Um, are super important and, and you know and and we do you know it, it is those things that make this country whether people want to say it or not a safe place to live one of the safest places most powerful pla places on the planet so I, i'm invested in keeping america powerful um and unless i want everybody running around with their own little private military militia i'll i'll accept the taxes thing <laughs> Do you think though, do you think there's a way to do all those things and have it be a flat tax? Like, I just feel like, I don't understand why we don't have some sort of flat tax where it seems like that would have some sort of governmental accountability to maintaining a budget I mean, versus them having the ability to raise and lower them on, on political, political whim. You could, it's, you know, it's a hard topic to talk about because like, I, I like all in all, I don't think the taxes are 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 bad, and you can find a lot of loopholes. Obviously, a, a former president Donald Trump to not pay as many taxes as you could, right? To to pay as little in taxes as you possibly can, um, at least as an individual. Obviously, it's, it can suck money from your business, but you can find ways to reorder stuff and things like that, so you don't. You don't pay as, as as much in that way either, but um, yeah, I I don't I honestly I don't believe so. 
I think what would happen if we had, you know, a straight flat tax? Well, it, I don't know. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what will happen if we have street flags. It, it's, it just seems like to me, like, because I think a lot of times going back to the whole politics thing, I feel like politicians use money, taxes, as political leverage and uh, deciding what's fair. Right. It's, it, it becomes a debate of fairness. And it seems like to me, then the only way by definition of the word fair is there's a flat tax. So Jared, me, everyone, we're paying this flat tax and you could have caps. Like if you make under, if you're in this low, below the poverty line, you know, there's an exception for it. And then if you're way up in that upper, you know, 0.1%, you could pay a little bit more, but everybody else in between, you're paying this flat tax. And so if it seems like then the government could have some sort of budget where if we know the American economy generates say $2 trillion a year that is going to go home and, and income going to their citizens, then you could, and if the flat tax is 15%, you would have approximately, was it $250 billion or something like that of revenue coming in from taxes. And you build out some sort of budget like that. And I just, I feel like it, there really is fairness. It, it promotes people rising up. You have, you can have, I think that most people, despite what politicians and media have done, I think most people are going to want to engage in charitable endeavors if they're empowered to do so. I think that, I, I think there's a fundamental humanness in it that you find that giving brings greater joy to life. And I know I, I know I just I just wonder with it because I feel like right now the the way the taxes are, it's always a thing for debate. It's always something people are arguing about. It seems like again, going to boiling a bridge, just make it a flat tax. And then there's not a there's not a and then that doesn't have to be an issue of morality. The morality then just is is if you have extra, you're empowered to give more. I would much rather, I guess, and this is me, and I don't want to be on a soapbox too much, so I let you pull me off as soon as I'll say this. Oh, I'm listening, bro. I'm, I'm <laughs> if, if, I had, if I had a choice, and it's 10% more of my money going to the government or 10% more of my money going to some sort of charity that I believe in, I would pick the charity every time. Because I would rather it go to people who are passionate, clearly passionate about a cause, than policymakers who are clearly passionate about creating disruption and disharmony amongst us. It's just every time, you know, like I, I see, you know, if I can invest 10% in your business or 10% in, in more, I don't even know what those, those guys are doing, but it's, you know, it's just, it's sad. Like, I feel like and so the, the, I keep coming back to this whole thing with the flat tax. Like I know there's complications with it, but shoot, here's the thing. Our debt keeps growing and we're sure as heck not going to do it. And I was reading something the other day too, like even with the capital gains tax going, if it were to go up to the maximum and assuming all that would be taxed out, the money that would be collected from that wouldn't even, I mean, it's not even putting a fraction of, of a debt in the deficit. 
And so we can moonlight that and say, oh, this is going to be the way we're going to do this. And we're going to fund this. We're going to fund that, blah, blah, blah. Like we all know that if you actually go and dig into most of those policy briefings that come across where they're saying these money is going here, these monies are going here. There's monies that are going over here. There's monies that are going over here. It's all backroom negotiation to get it. So, you know, it's like the political joke is when they say, well, we're going to raise taxes. So these funds go to this thing. And then everybody laughs and they say, no, 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 they really are because people are so wise to know that politicians will say they are, but they language it in such a way where it gives them a little room to funnel it off somewhere else. And it just seems like, hey, if we really want to play the fair game, let's play the fair game. We don't have to waste our energy debating this anymore. And we can focus that energy on helping each other rise up financially, socially, uh, economically. Right? We, we don't have to waste that energy focusing on how do we shelter money or move it around or thinking like this is screwed or we're getting screwed or anything like that. Or, yeah, the rich are getting what they deserve, but we just have all that emotion focused to, okay, like, hey, there's these people that are under the poverty line. What can we do collectively to think about raising them up above it? Because then it truly does become a, if they all rise up, uh, we all win versus I think the way it is now you keep raising taxes, especially you're raising on businesses, raising everything else. Eventually services got to go up and then it's not helping them. I mean, they're, again, politics are great at picking one person out who rises above and making it seem like that that's the blanket representation of the whole. But if this was really going to happen, we've had poverty wiped out hundred years ago because of all these brilliant political moves. And I, I mean, again, I'm kind of on a soapbox here of, and I think making my hand, my hand very clear about how I feel about policy issues. <laughs> yeah, uh, making it very clear how you feel about policy issues, very clear how you feel about taxes. <laughs> yeah, I just, I feel like, Jared, it just seems so, like, if we're going to really play the fair game, fair, like, in a monetary sense, fair would be, you have a dollar, I have a dollar, we're, we have equal. Right. It wouldn't be something politically decided and say, well, on Tuesday, Jared, you should get two dollars and Jesse gets one dollar. Then on Friday, I'm going to get three and you get two. I don't see how that, that's not fair. It's just somebody's opinion and their emotion and their their propaganda and spin they can put behind it about it being fair. I think if we're really going to play the fair game and we're going to truly empower people to rise above, above and live American dream. We have to take the emotion out of some of these metrics. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, I <laughs> I think like people arguing about taxes, right? People arguing about foreign policy, people arguing about uh, uh, welfare, right? How much money somebody should give to charity? Heck, people even arguing about abortion right all of those things are healthy does that does that make any kind of sense all those all, all of those are healthy arguments right um and, and at times it may seem frivolous and times they may seem very serious but all of the healthy arguments because you know they're about creating change these are my opinions these are some facts and this is how I feel about it, right? Um, when we get into the race thing, you pull the race card out, then 
you're arguing about not just facts, but relevancy, right? And, 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 then, and then it becomes subjective. Does that make sense? So uh, the reason the reason that hey, like I I agree with I agree with what you're saying in part on taxes. If we're gonna go get to this taxes discussion, um, I I hate I I pay as little taxes as possible. I'm telling you the truth. I you know um, but I am not against the institution. The reason I don't want a flat tax. The reason I like the the way the system is set up is because there are loopholes. Right, because I like I like I like the little corruption in the system that allows if you can find the loopholes to try it. Do do I like the way taxes are set up? Other than that, no. I like that they have loopholes. I like that if if I can figure out how to jump the fence, this wall, and scurry around this corner. I can pay less taxes than a person that makes much less money than I do. So, okay, all right, that's the truth. There you guys go. All right, I like that part of the system. <laughs> as long as, long as they don't remove the loopholes that allow you know people people like Donald Trump to you know make hundreds of million dollars and pay seven hundred dollars in personal income tax. As long as they don't remove that stuff. I don't care what they do. You can do whatever you want. Just leave those little places for a person like myself to kind of scurry and find <laughs> to not pay. Because I'm going to find it, damn it. <laughs> Jared, can, I, can I ask you a question about that? Uh-huh. So uh, I know that you're a smart guy. I know you're an ambitious guy. I know that you're a driven guy. I know that you're a goals-oriented guy. And I'm wondering, this is, and this is just, but if you didn't have to put that energy into trying to find the loopholes, what could you put that energy into instead? Oh, Jesse, stop trying to teach. I just, you know, (laughs) because that's just, that's, that's it. Like you're someone who I love and respect and I have such admiration for and I just, and so this is, this is kind of my point here. And I know you're one of the good guys too, I try. but the system is set up where you are taking your precious resources, your time, your energy, your emotion, your focus, and putting in to find the loopholes, because you know, if you don't, you're going to get, it's going to be nasty. And, 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 and you, you're, making sure that you have some extra money for you, your family, your, 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 your life to everything else, which I understand that. I think that's what we all do, but it's, it's, that's kind of my argument with this is there's it's, it's, if that didn't have to be the case and you had that resource reallocated to yourself that you could reinvest it into, you know, not having to do that, but do something else. What could you do? What could you create? Hmm. Good question. That is a good question. That that I've never thought about that end of things. I just I I just I typically don't worry about what they're doing. Capital gains tax. That one I worry about, um, and where that is because you can't hide it. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
and, and, uh, and uh, but I don't, I don't worry about personal income tax. I, I worry about, I worry about, I won't, I don't have to worry about corporate taxes yet, but I will be worried about that. Um, you know, um, that, I mean, those, when we get into taxes, I, they're, for me to be upset and or angry, we'd have to get so specific. And I can't, I, I've never contemplated, um, and I don't put a lot of time into it, you know, you get an accountant, right? You get a CPA, right, to, to handle your stuff for you. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. It, you know, the, com the complexity of taxes creates jobs, you know, that's why there are, you know, CPAs and, you know, even, <laughs> even, even bookkeepers, but really accountants, the only reason accountants, I mean, they're important for businesses, but one of the main reasons that we all know an accountant or go to an accountant is because of taxes, right? One of the main reasons. And, um, and so it, it, it creates jobs, it creates jobs, people in the IRS, you know, um, I don't know. I just, I, so I would, for, for me to have like a clear cut answer on taxes, and this is something else we talked about, I would have to, um, one, have more intricate, um, tax issues, right? So you talk about business owners. I think that's one of the issues with when you come up with the question of taxes in, in the United States of America today is that if all a person pays is their state or local um, and you know national in income tax, right? Say you work for somebody else, you don't have your own business and all in, in your taxes just come out of your check, right? You don't have any investments. You don't have, you know, um, a, an LLC or sole proprietorship or a corporation or something else like that. So then you have to worry about that in the taxes. You don't, don't have all those things to worry about. So for that person, it's just, okay, how much money is the government taking from my income wise? And, and it's not, I mean, it's going to sound terrible to me. The person that argues about that in terms of I shouldn't have to pay income tax is a it's an asinine argument. I don't know. To me, personally. Personally, that's what I believe. But yeah. if, you have, if you have multiple layers of taxes, things that you have to pay out, and you're like looking at those multiple layers, then I then I think you you really have you start to start to more thoroughly question the system. Um, but then, then you learn, oh, I can open up this avenue of, of money or when I pull from this investment, I can just put money right here. Right. And I don't owe taxes on that. And so like things, things like that, I don't know. I, I think of that as part of the game and honestly, um, Stressful, stressful or not, I think um, 
I think it's a good part of the game. I'm gonna be honest. I think it's a good part of the game. I, I don't. I don't have. I don't have many um, arguments with taxes or tax policy. But then again, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sitting here paying, you know, millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes a year. And if I did, then I think I would. I would have issues about it. But you know, tens of thousands of dollars in taxes. Honestly, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not. I, I, I worry about. I worry about other things. And that's my issue. That's my. I know we. I know we're running out of time. My issue is I worry about other things when it comes to a lot of these political topics. I, I, I I'm into it. I'm into this now because the world is so hot and so heated, and people are so emotionally charged. And I don't have no choice but to address it, but <laughs> but but other than that, man, I I really I really am like I am a I am a laissez-faire guy. In other words, okay, how much does this affect me? Is it affecting me so much that I can't move forward? And huh? then, then uh, yeah, let's fucking talk about it. Is it affecting me so much that? Is it making me like change my direction? Am I having to, yo, know, hop that fence and climb underneath that? I'm fine with that. As long as I can still get under and over, <laughs> scurrying around. <laughs> I, don't I, don't I don't care what roadblocks they put. I'm not going to argue about the wall that you're building if I can walk around the corner. <laughs> I'm just not. And that's why, that's my personality. And so, um, and if I was really honest about raising the collective consciousness of humanity, you know, I would be, I would say, look, if you don't have to kick over the other person's sandcastle, don't kick it over. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best building a bridge activity I can get. Don't, hey, look, yes, it's over there. I know you hate it. It's an ugly sandcastle. You're right. Well, we can walk around the motherfucker. We don't have to look at it. Okay. I'm sorry. No, that's great. I know we're running out of time. And, and I'll just, one last 15 second thought is we know there's a thing as decision fatigue. And we know that more and more science is coming out to support how the more decisions we have to make every day, the less energy we have, the more it disrupts our focus, all these types of things. Just one thing to consider for everybody is, do you find that your energy getting diverted into making decisions around political stuff, arguments, all those types of things, does it fatigue you and how you're able to make decisions at work, at home, everything else, do you, around your fitness, your health, whatnot? And, and it, it wonders if there weren't, if we weren't having to make all these kinds of extra decisions or if these other decisions weren't options to make. They were just, it was very clear cut and easy to understand. What might we do with that extra energy, intellectual, emotional, spiritual resources, and how can we use it to improve and better our lives, our businesses, our communities? And we would always, we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on taxes, you know, flat tax, raising the tax loopholes? Uh, what do you think about Senator Tim Scott and his comments about his perception of race in America? And anything else we put in, and, and Wendy, we appreciate you posing the question. Anybody else, if we were able to kind of use it to piggyback off this discussion, anybody else, when you have questions, post in the group, bring in discussion. I think I, I learned so much more from 
when you all contribute and we just appreciate you all being on this journey with us. And Jared, I, I certainly appreciate you, my friend. Man, I, I appreciate you. And I think that's the, I think the question is, how much time do we spend arguing about things that, or how emotionally charged do we get over arguments about things that barely affect us? Like, does, does that make any kind of sense? They barely, like these, some of these arguments, this, this is our life. This is the impact that we're, what we're arguing over has on, on our life, right? And then we're extremely emotionally charged over this issue, but this is, this is our life, right? We're, um, so I, I, I think, I think opening, opening our eyes to the bigger stuff is, 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 is that's, that's my only edge. And obviously I appreciate the conversation. Yeah, dude, I, I think, I think it's a, I think that's a really important point because then it makes one wonder if we were to strip away the labels, the layers, all those other things and minimize the decisions to just bring them down to the most basic level, human level, fairness, whatever it is, how much simpler can we make all these discussions? And if there is more simplicity and less complexity, most of the complexity is human engineered complexity driven by emotion. How much more easy could it be for us to build a bridge? I, I think it would make us uh, all much more masterful bridge builders. And it'd probably be a much more enjoyable process for all the people that we are trying to build the bridges with. We'd, we'd have less decision fatigue, which is a big thing. Super yeah, happy. we would. Then you and I'd be better poker players. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's, yeah, a, yeah, probably so. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.